Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly podcast. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today's special guest is Laura Gabriella. Laura currently lives in Rockford, Illinois, with her family and is the author of Lost to Darkness, Enlightened by Grace, as well as the founder and president of a nonprofit organization called Marshmallows Hope. Hold on, pain ends which she started in honor of her son, Zachary. She is an entrepreneur at heart, a loving mother and wife, and she will be sharing with us how her God-given purpose came about and led her to advocate for mental illness and suicide prevention. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much for being a part of the show, Laura. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. So we're going to get right into it. We are going to start out with um, a conversation starter. So it'll just be a random question that I'll pick from the deck and you can have at it. Okay. Have you ever ignored advice? If so, what was it and why? Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think as a teenager, um, I ignored (laughs) all of my mother's advice. Yeah. So, you know, you you learn, you learn as you get older to listen to your mother because she knows best, I guess. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. Thanks so much for answering that. And we will get right into the interview. Um, again, this is an opportunity for you to raise awareness and to advocate for mental illness and for suicide prevention. So if you would just kind of share a bit about your story and how that has led to what you're doing now. Absolutely. So um, September 16th, 2018 uh, was the worst day of my life. I lost my 14 year old son, Zachary Burkholz to suicide and um, being stuck in the darkness of grieving for my child and having all these questions, you know, that he left behind, like, why did he do it? Or, You know, what if I could have done something differently? Would he still be here? Um, All of those things kind of just um, led me to what I'm doing today, which is uh, I founded the nonprofit organization Marshmallows Hope, as you mentioned, in honor of my son and to be the voice for all of those kids that, you know, we have in our nation that feel like they don't have a voice. Um, I want to be that person that, you know, is there to validate their feelings, to let them know that it's okay to not be okay. Because when this happened to me, um, I realized that, you know, I knew nothing about mental health. Like you heard of depression, you know, you heard people being depressed, you heard of suicides even. Like when I heard of suicide, I would just ask myself, you know, like why, why would that person be so selfish to do that? Um, But then after it happened to me, then I really realized that I was very uneducated in the subject matter. And so now what my God-given purpose is, is to use my son's story to help others who are, you know, walking in my shoes and to hopefully help prevent others from having to go through what I've been through by educating them and by, you know, advocating um, about the silent killers, you know, mental health. Like, I I feel like 
it's especially with everything that's going on in the world right now with COVID-19, with people having to socially distance, with, you know, having to be away from our loved ones during the holidays. I mean, that in itself can cause a lot of people to be depressed and to, to be upset and to feel down. And so I just, I want to be that person that advocates for for when we're feeling that way to to let people know that it's okay especially for guys um what i've learned is that you know men um and and boys we've always given them that like you know suck it up buttercup mentality too that they have to be this tough shell and um really it's it's not the way that it should be like we really should teach our boys and and our men that it's okay to to be vulnerable and to talk about your feelings and when you're going through something it doesn't make you less of a person to to seek out and reach out for help so really i mean that's what you know i i feel like god kind of just bestowed upon me and and led me to this i didn't ask for it yeah i i don't even have words for just how you have allowed and if i can just be honest with a lot of people grieving it takes a lot to even acknowledge god so the fact that you are even seeing this as your god-given purpose something that someone else might be bitter towards or just really be resentful and unforgiving just to see how you have used this to help other people is it's an other world an otherworldly strength <laughs> for sure so thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I did want to ask you, I, I can't even imagine the the thoughts that were going through your head and just what you have to deal with on a day to day basis um, in terms of grief as a mom. How did you how did you deal with just that? That shock of your son you know taking his life um well i'll be really honest so mm -hmm. when it happened i you know i was obviously in shock but i did i do i have two other children and and they're the ones that found their brother um they were home alone when it happened and oh okay so um i had you know, long story short, I had left. I was gone for 40 minutes. And then in the 40 minutes that I was gone, Zachary took his life. And um, my daughter, who was 16 at the time, and my youngest son, who was six at the time, they're the ones that found their brother. And I felt like I really needed to be strong for them. But honestly, it ended up taking a toll on my own mental health. Like I ended up developing post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and a lot of anxiety and a lot of my own depression. And, you know, it, it left me with so much guilt. Um, I felt like I failed him as a parent, you know, and I got to the point, to be honest, that I didn't want to live, but I yeah. had these two other kids that I needed to live for. And so, you know, that's where God actually came into into play, where I just kind of like threw my hands up in the air and was like, you know, if you're here, if you exist, like if you're real, please take the wheel, take the wheel of my yeah. life because 
I don't want it anymore. And then from that point forward, like my life just started to really change. And my, you know, I, I, it took a long time. Like I became at one point obsessed with his social media. I really desperately wanted to find like the answers of, you know, why he had done this. So I would go on his Snapchat and on his Facebook and I, if there were any signs, right. Kept trying to see seek answers. And then I did realize that from April of 2018 until September of 2018, when he passed away, he had been leaving subtle hints out there, posting to his friends that, you know, hey, somebody talk to me right now because I'm suicidal. Like, I don't want to live. Oh, okay. So that actually led me to um, start using his social media to post motivational messages. And, and I was really angry too, because I felt like in my mind, you know, was it, were kids like our children nowadays so desensitized to the subject? Like, is that just the thing to say, you know? Um, So I started like really putting it out there that, hey, if your friend posts that they want to kill themselves, like you need to let somebody know. Yeah. Yeah. You need to reach out to an adult, to a counselor, to a teacher, whoever you're comfortable with. Like, I don't care if your friend's going to be mad at you. You need to let somebody know. Um, And then I would post like the suicide hotline number. Well, that led to kids starting to contact me about Zach. You know, hey, Zachary did tell me that he was depressed. And I'm sorry that I didn't, you know, reach out. I tried to help, but I thought I was helping. And so I realized how much guilt they were dealing with themselves, you know, with themselves. And then so I got to the point where... um, And why I say it's my God-given purpose is because, like, the whole time that I was just talking about my child, like, kids just started opening up to me and telling me about depressive thoughts and self-harming, cutting, you know, all of those things. And I would just, um, I kind of just wanted to, like, take them under my wing, you know, because I, I wanted to avoid it happening to somebody else. And so I started reaching out to parents and, you know, hey, can I take your kid out for dinner? And just have a conversation with them. Um, and then so it was it was honestly just God aligning my own healing through helping others. Yeah, that's so powerful. <laughs> powerful and just you know, to hear what you were saying about um checking his social media and seeing if there were any signs and noticing that there were a few, you know, hints that he was dropping. <clears throat> I'm just sure that was that was surreal to see. Um, before we even get into the misconceptions surrounding mental illness and suicide, um, I want to ask for parents who have lost a child and they have other children, what would you tell them in terms of how to navigate that? Um, especially in this situation, because your other children at a young age, I mean, were exposed to this and, and they were the ones that found him. What would you tell someone who who has children who have seen firsthand um, how how to help them with their grieving process? I mean, the first thing I did was I got all of us into counseling right away because we we were extremely traumatized by the entire situation. And especially like my daughter, I mean, to this day, she still doesn't really open up to anyone about it. 
Um, and I've seen, you know, the damage that it's done to her. Um, and so, I mean, be honest with your kids. You know, I think that it's something that needs to be talked about. Like, how do you, with my six-year-old, I really struggled. Like, how do you tell him that, you know, your brother, like, I just, I really struggled with how to tell him how, how Zachary, like what Zachary had done. Like, he didn't realize it. Like, it took him a month to really understand that, you know, his brother was never going to be around ever again. And, and that was the best thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, learning from my experience, just talking to your kids, being open, you know, like we had to tell my six year old, you know, your brother, your brother was sick. He had an illness and, and we didn't know about it. And the, it was just really, really difficult. But, you know, he like he understands now and he's he's nine. So um, it's still hard, though. It's still really, really hard. And then I, you know, as a mom too, and dealing with the the trauma of it all, like I deal with worrying all the time, like about them. Are they gonna, you know, act out or or take their own life? Or like, I live with that paranoia now, like it's part of me. You know, if we get in an argument, it's the first thing I think about. And it's, okay. I mean, it's, not, it's not normal, but yeah. it's, it's just a part of my DNA now, you know? Yeah, and that's real. That is so real. Just speaking to that, that lasting trauma that you have, I can only imagine that that's how you feel, especially with arguments and things like that, worrying if, like, want to address the issue, but then at the same time, it's like, you don't, kind of probably don't want to be too mean or, you know, too, too harsh or anything. So I just... I just really, I, I really admire you so much. Um, and your dog is fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, the dogs are going crazy. <laughs> no, they are fine. They're fine. <laughs> no, they're fine. Um, well, thank you so much just for addressing that because I'm sure there are other parents who are like, I don't know where to start. I don't even know how to help them through their grieving process or to help them process what's going on. Um, so I would like to ask you now, what are some misconceptions? I know you said you were not educated on mental illness at all. Maybe some misconceptions that you had or since you've been advocating um, or just seeing how parents interact with their children, maybe um, misconceptions associated with suicide. And um, just with your experience, um, you know, as a mom, some people may say, well, what, what did you do? Or why didn't you do X, Y, and Z? Or how did you not know? And then you have like parent shaming and things. Um, so what misconceptions can you speak to based on your experience? Well, um, I guess, you know, when, when somebody talks about suicide, um, like I said, one of the biggest misconceptions is that the your loved one is being selfish by taking their own life. And um, it's a huge misconception because in that moment when they are struggling, um, they they really, I believe that they really are just thinking that the world is going to be a better place without them here, that their family is going to be better off without them here. 
Um, so that's one of the things that I, I learned through my journey is, is that it's not a selfish act, that it's truly, you know, the demons of depression taking over their, taking over their mind and, and making them believe that they're not loved and they're not good enough and that everybody around them is going to be better off. Um, Sorry, it kind of went a little bit. So yeah. if, you can, if you could just start back with um, the mis the misconception um, you were saying, people saying about um, your loved one being selfish, and then right after that. Okay. Um, so one of the biggest misconceptions, like I was saying, is that you know when your loved one takes their own life, they're being selfish. And, um, you know, it's a huge misconception when they're stuck in that state of mind, they're actually just really believing that everybody else around them is going to be better off without them. You know, the, the demons of depression are taking over their minds and or, or over their thoughts. And they truly believe that the world would be a better place without them in it, you know, and, and they're in pain. It's it's uh, one of the things too that I learned is you know when uh, one of the signs, especially with children and teenagers when they're struggling and battling with depression, is that they actually vocalize it by um, by saying that they're in physical pain. You know, and I didn't know that ever. Like, for example, you know, my my son would always complain of knee pain, joint pain, you know, but he always did backflips. So I thought to my, you know, I was always thinking like, oh, he's fine. It's just that he's doing backflips all the time. But really, after the fact, I learned that kids and teenagers, they actually vocalize physical pain when they're when they're battling that internal pain. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so it's something that like haunted me for a long time. Like, you know, one of the, one of the missed signs I didn't know. I didn't every yeah. time I mean, we were in the ER all the time about his knee and it was like, no, he's fine, you know, or so, I mean, that's, it's, it's huge. The other thing too, um, you know, another sign that I didn't see when it was happening is isolating. I thought that he was just going through the normal teenage angst and wanted to be in his bedroom all the time because he was a teenager. But isolation is actually one of the signs that, you know, one of the big red flags that they don't want to be around people. They don't want to do the things that they normally love doing because they're depressed. Um, so, you know, it's, there's a lot out there. Um, but one of the things I guess that I would really want to let people know or parents is if your child ever does tell you that they are depressed, you know, I think that um, we have like the drama queen mentality as parents, you know, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you're fine, you're going to mm -hmm. be okay, don't be such a drama queen. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and we just naturally do that because we don't want to admit that something is wrong with our children. But yeah. what we really need to be doing is actually validating. Hey, I'm sorry you're not feeling okay today, you know, and, and maybe think about getting into counseling. 
because it's a huge sign. It's a huge sign that we miss when they do actually want to get help and they don't know how to tell you, you know, like, hey, I'm sad today and I don't really know why or I'm upset about, you know, my friend and I arguing like we need to just as parents validate those feelings. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I can see how all of that is true and are definitely signs. So thank you for sharing that. For family members who don't really know what to say, um, how should they approach um, this situation from a family member? How can they, I don't want to say help, but how can they best be there for maybe it's their child or just a loved one or just maybe a friend of someone who has lost their child? How do you even approach that? I mean, one of the things that I guess really frustrated me having lost my kid, and I know people meant well, you know, but it was, um, you have two other kids that you need to live for. So you need to get over this and you need to, you know, you need to move on. You're never going to get over it. You know, yeah. you're going to, you're going to learn how to live with it, but you're never going to get over it. And so that was very frustrating to hear. Like it would actually make me angry and upset because it was like, how can I ever get over that? You know, and, and I get it that people really just mean well when they're saying that, but just absolutely, absolutely, as, you know, and, and just be there for the person, you know, um, even if you don't understand it, I mean, grief is not, you know, linear. It's like a crazy roller coaster. Yeah. And, you know, one day you're okay. And the next day you are doubled over crying, you know, and I know like, especially for married people or people in a, in a relationship, when this happens to a mom, you know, a lot of marriages end up in divorce. I, I think it's like 50% mm. of marriages when something like this happens ends up in divorce. And it's because, you know, we grieve differently, but I guess. Absolutely. You know, my advice is just be there for each other and know that, you know, you're both going through the motions and, mm. and family, friends. I mean, we all grieve completely different. Grieving is not ever going to be the same for one person that it is for another. So, you know, just just be there. Love on them. That's all you can really do. There's nothing you can say, you know, nothing that you can say, but just be there for that person. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's good. A lot of times, you know, in situations that we can't necessarily identify, identify with we're not sure what to say and sometimes we end up saying the wrong thing <laughs> so you know when i have guests i like to ask what should someone say if anything or what can they do um because when you're going through a, a personal situation it's easy to get upset you know di different comments and um looks and different things can be very offensive when you're going through a personal um situation and i want this to be a platform where we can say like this is what doesn't help, but also saying, you know, this is what this is what helps. That way we know the solution to um, to the problem of not knowing how to address situations we're not in. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I also want to ask, how are you doing now? 
Uh, it's a roller coaster. You know, I I can say that I don't cry every single day like I used to. So to me, that's a that's a step in the right direction to healing. Um, I'm now, you know, I'm two years into this journey now, and I'm now able to remember him for how he lived versus how he died. Um, and that was really hard, really hard. But it's, um, you know, the uh, one more thing I want to say, going back to the previous question, is always don't ever be afraid to bring up that loved one. Like now, you know, to me, it's, I think the biggest thing is I don't want people to forget my kid, you know, I don't want, um, yeah, I just don't want them to be forgotten. Like that is so good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, don't ever be afraid. Cause as a parent who's lost, you know, who's lost a child, the, the greatest thing you can do for somebody walking in this journey is to talk about that child and the great memories yeah. that you had with them and, Okay. Work, you know. Wow, so, that's, I mean, that's very insightful. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I so um, two years later, uh, in honor of Zach, I wrote a book called "Lost to Darkness, Enlightened by Grace," and it's the story of our lives. And um, when I was writing it, it was, uh, you know, I thought that I would start writing it from the point of when Zachary died and and the aftermath um but it actually took me all the way back to my life and so the book I believe will help people who have walked in many different paths of life you know domestic violence child sexual abuse depression suicide and then being enlightened so it it's a it's a it's a true story obviously it's the story of my life but it's a story yeah. I put it out there to give people hope you know, yeah. that you can make it through anything. Don't give up. Yeah. So can you share a little bit about um, Marshmallow's Hope and then share where people can stay connected with you and the nonprofit and everything? Absolutely. So um, Marshmallow's Hope, um, Hold On Pain Ends, like, like you mentioned before. Um, it's so Marshmallow, I guess I should talk about why <laughs> Marshmallow. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Marshmallow was Zachary's nickname and he always like he used to get really mad he used to hate that nickname <laughs> he was you know that's such a dumb name but then after he got a little bit older then it just became kind of like a goofy funny thing so that's we just remember you know we have good memories of that so Marshmallow we wanted to be different and we wanted it to be something that people you know, could Google and it would come right up. And so we thought, all right, what better way to honor him than than to use his nickname? And then HOPE, um, obviously the acronym, Hold On, Pain Ends, um, because I truly believe that. I believe that, you know, if you just hold on a little bit longer, the pain that you're feeling, you're, you'll, you'll make it through till tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day, you know? Um, and so anyways, what we do at Marshmallows Hope is we help um, children, teenagers and young adults who are struggling with mental illness, um, whether they're, you know, depressed or having suicidal ideations or just living with a mental health condition um, like, you know, ADHD or anything like that. 
And so um, we have mentorship programs that we are actually rolling out in January where teenagers like volunteers can actually take a teenager under their wing and spend like quality time with them. Um, just mentoring them, you know, trying to, to help them keep on going, keep on living. Um, right now during Christmas, we are doing a Christmas drive for kids with mental illness. So we're taking donations and um, collecting items. We have over 70 kids right now on our list that we've adopted out for Christmas. So it's pretty, pretty awesome to be able to do that for them. And how you keep in touch with me, you can um, just go directly to the marshmallowshope.org website and go to the contact me link. You can also um, contact me through uh, marshmallowshope at gmail.com or um, lost to darkness help at gmail.com. And I will respond. Those two emails come directly to me. So. Great. Thank you so much for sharing that. All of that is amazing. And. For everyone listening, I will have all of her um, details in the episode description for you to stay in contact with her and to connect um, with her. She has different things going on, um, and I just hope that you're able to find something that can not just help you, but maybe help someone else that you know that could be going through a similar situation. It's always good to have that awareness, even if it's not touching you personally right now. You never know if it will. You never know if it'll touch someone close to you. And maybe you will have that connection with Laura to be able to refer them. So definitely make sure that you connect with her. Um, thank you so much, Laura, for coming on and sharing your story. I mean, this is a really heavy topic, but I appreciate you being willing to talk about it. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me and um, giving me the opportunity to share. And then just one last thing. Um, mm -hmm. So through Marshmallows Hope, we do offer resources. Um, okay. and we have different resources, even for, you know, parents who are grieving, a, you know, losing somebody to suicide, a family member, um, anything like that. We definitely offer resources of support groups and help that's out there and that's nationwide okay awesome awesome thank you for sharing that um and again all her details will be in the episode description thank you again laura thank you to everyone for tuning in and please make sure that you connect with laura on social media did you enjoy this episode if you haven't already subscribe on your favorite listening platform and our new YouTube channel with video interviews premiering in season three. I'd also love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing MSE Podcasts Conversation Starters Dick, available for purchase at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms by gracenp.com and YouTube now. Hope to hear from you soon.